0: Thank
1: you for listening to the Make Money Count podcast. This is Matthew. I just wanted to let you know that uh, we have some attachments for audio listeners of this episode. We show it in the video. If you want to watch us on YouTube, feel free to check us out over there or scroll through the notes and you'll see that there should be an attachment to check out the slides. Nick, who we are sitting down with, did some
0: amazing slides for this episode. Also, you can get the download link at makemoneycount.com. Thanks for your support and we hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Hey guys, this is another episode of Make Money Count. You may be wondering why there's three of us here today. It's because much to most of your chagrins, is that a word, chagrins? Chagrins, <laughs> no, it, multiple chagrins. I think it's just, it's still chagrin. Okay, much to your chagrin. I'm glad either of you know. I am going to be uh, sitting on the sidelines a bit for this episode and just, you know, uh, inputting uh, oh, I'm over here, inputting uh, nonsense wherever necessary. But this is our uh, this is our Head of Investor Relations, Nick Holland,
2: and good he's to here to join here. us today.
0: It's good to be back here.
2: Great to have you
0: here. Mm-hmm.
2: You add a little bit of credibility. <laughs> and, you know, what?
0: I mean, yeah, I think a little bit of credibility <laughs> to the show, right? Well, I think the two of you make a great duo. I love listening to the, got- the two of you on Make Money Count. Anytime, even when you're coming in remotely, you guys make a great team. I, I love prefer, listening.
2: I prefer coming in
0: remotely. <laughs> well, I think today we are going to talk about the more positive side of where the economy is. If you're listening to Make Money Count on a regular basis, you know that things are looking bleak. Uh, it's tough to it's tough to really see a silver lining to the economy right now, but there are some tailwinds, and in the uh, even in the difficult aspects of our economy, connect Mick is prepared. And we're going to talk as well about how that is and how we've been ready for such a long time.
2: Yeah. I think the purpose of today's show is really, it's geared towards our investors and our prospective investors. So you are seeing what's unfolding in the real estate market right now. And you're thinking to yourself, how is it possible that borrowers can sustain elevated interest rates for any prolonged period of time and deal with the uncertainty of you know when our interest rates going to come down to a reasonable level um a more manageable level and then what happens in the interim and as lenders uh, it's our job to protect our investors capital so we're going to show you i think we're going to start off we're going to Discuss the market generally. And then we're going to show you specifically how Connect is positioned to protect our investors' capital and how our kind of philosophy and strategy of how we lend money is a strength right now, and how safe your money is with Connect. Um, and we're gonna do it with some slides that Nick put together, which are awesome. They are really good. Yeah,
0: Nick you did a great that. job. Thank I told, you. I think I told him that three times. <laughs> Can't hear it enough, though. Really? Okay. <laughs> no, of course not. Why? Why couldn't I? I didn't
2: think that you were. Um, I didn't think you needed any kind of praise. I thought you were already kind of relatively.
0: Well, I'm self motivated, but that doesn't mean I don't like hearing it. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Well, all said. So I guess, like Marcus just said, we're gonna start off with talking about. How it is that real estate prices can stay afloat during these difficult times. Obviously, interest rates are a primary factor in keeping real estate prices high. Interest rates go up, therefore, real estate prices are going to come down. But over the last little while, we've seen delinquency rates stay consistent. Canada as a whole already is, like, they have a really great banking system when it comes to their regulations making sure that borrowers are qualified, they put them through strict stress tests, for better or for worse, it puts the delinquency rate pretty low compared to other countries, specifically the states.
2: What's the number one thing that makes our delinquency rate tighter than any other country in the world? Why is it Canada? Like why, why when, you look at Canadian, when you look at Canadian real estate as opposed to American real estate, why are delinquency, are delinquency rates so different?
0: Do you think that's just because the, uh, the banks make sure nope. like a little more vetting? No. Nope. What would you a, say?
2: Honestly, this is like I'm asking Justin a question right now. It's because <laughs> in Canada, if you borrow money secured against your home, you do not have the ability to go in and hand your keys back and walk away from the debt. Oh, okay. If you borrow money in the form of a mortgage in Canada against a residence, a commercial property even... You've signed personally, so unfortunately, Canadian borrowers have to actually go to bankruptcy in order to avoid paying a mortgage debt. The mortgage debt is it; it survives after the sale of a property. So, if you have a property and you're underwater on the property, you can't just think like in the United States. You know what? You know my property value was a million bucks. Now it's five hundred thousand. I owe six hundred thousand dollars on it. I'm walking away. You know, like there's that, they, they talk about like how many people go in and drop the keys off. You mm-hmm. mm-hmm. can't drop the keys off in Canada. Right. Right. There's, there, that's not available. So you, historically, even when we're in very difficult times, but like where real estate prices are dropping and interest rates are rising, the delinquency rates in Canada
0: never hit anywhere close to where they are in the United States. And that's what you're going to point out with this slide. No, exactly. So as you'll see here, over the last 20 to 25 years, the average delinquency rate in Ontario has been 0.29% and across Canada, 0.35%. Right now, with the, uh, all the quantitative easing going on over the last few years, that dropped even further. Even during a pandemic, it dropped down to, you'll see close to... Um, 0.3.
2: Kinda,
0: yeah, yeah 0.0 point, well, oh, actually, 0.06 0.06% yeah. yeah, oh, and that's zero, kind four. of where it's leveled off right now hopefully it stays that way hard to say it will but so it's a great sign that even with a few rate hikes when this data was taken nothing's changed yeah right. there's
2: no way it's going to stay there no no so for sure delinquency rates in Canada are going to increase because the da- like here we're talking about a number that goes until may of 2022
0: I think it's June. It's, it's the first two quarters. Oh, June. Okay, sorry. Yeah.
2: So post-June, we probably haven't seen much of a change yet, but I think that we were talking about this on the show the other day. The more Canadian borrowers feel that they can't hold on to their real estate because of the increase in interest rates and servicing costs, at a certain point, the supply of homes on the market will increase. People will start to try to sell. So I think that as much as we've got currently a relatively stable real estate market, we can expect a little more pain in the future. We can expect absolutely prices to drop. And it's almost like a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? As prices drop, those, let's call them more motivated vendors, will start to unload more real estate, right? It's like... It's, I always compared it, like, I've always compared this to like the Nortel stock. Because um, I remember, like, when I was younger, I remember like watching Nortel reach like 125 bucks or whatever. I don't know what the maximum price that it reached was. And it felt like everybody in Canada bought Nortel. Mm. And when it was $123, somebody was buying Nortel. And there has to be one last person buy right, at the peak every right. time. And then as Nortel started falling, I'm sure that people sat in Nortel saying, well, like, you know, it's going to turn around. But Nortel went to zero, right? Like, didn't it go to like $3 or something? So, and as it's dropping, more and more people are unloading it. And that's why it ends up being a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy. I'm not saying that. Canadian real estate's gonna go from 125 to three on an adjusted basis. I'm saying that the psychological pressure of holding on to something as it is reducing in value is very difficult. And it is even more difficult when that asset is your home and the cost to carry it is becoming more cumbersome. So listen, delinquency rates in Canada historically have never been where they are in the States. Canadian borrowers are much more aware of the penalties associated with defaulting on their mortgage. That being said, sometimes you can't avoid people defaulting on mortgages. The Mm -hmm. only way you can avoid people defaulting on mortgages is lending prudently, Mm -hmm. right? Which is what we're doing. So making sure that the borrower has enough equity in that property, while we work together with that borrower to exit them into lower cost capital. So, like, we, we talk about delinquency rates, but in a kind of microeconomic viewpoint of what Connect does, like what the Connect ecosystem does for a borrower, is we are using the capital of our investors to stabilize our borrowers. So, even right now, we're lending money, right? We're lending money to good borrowers to help them stabilize. Gold post, posts are changing, right? Like the end goal that we can provide for a borrower may previously have been an exit into a two percent five year fixed rate mortgage. Mm-hmm. Well, now because of changes, the exit may be a five percent five year fixed rate mortgage. Regardless, we're bringing them to lower cost capital, we're helping them stabilize whatever the situation is, and by keeping the maturity dates on our mortgages tight by lending money for six to 12 month terms, we're able to identify the right borrowers and help them exit our loans in a timely manner and at a pace that doesn't erode too much of their equity, right? At a certain point, if you erode too much equity of your borrower, you're not on the same team as your borrower anymore, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, It has to make sense for the borrower, which is also why when borrowers call us, and you may be watching this as a borrower right now and thinking, like, okay, how do these guys operate? If you call us as a borrower, one of the options we're gonna tell you on the phone is, it might be time to sell, right? Yeah. A lot of people, you know, will call us and they'll be looking for, I mean, Justin, you were mentioning you had someone on the phone today. Yeah. Who said, I thought you were equity lenders. Mm-hmm. Just give me the money and I'll figure it out. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not how we work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We give you the money when we've figured it out, Mm -hmm. right? It's our job to make sure that the money that we are providing you with puts you into a better financial situation. That becomes more difficult in times like this, but that's our job. Mm -hmm. That conversation that I had with the client kind of ended in,
1: in, or there was a comment that was made that was kind of similar to what you were saying, is like, you know, can I just give you the keys if this doesn't work out? And that's that is not what we're looking to do here, right? Like that that's not our end game, right? We're like pretty we're, we're exit strategy, strategy driven, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I always hear
0: in the meetings. Yeah. yeah.
2: The purpose of Every deal. our fund is to identify an exit strategy for a borrower. If we believe the exit strategy is credible and probable, then we will lend money. So first things first, the borrower has equity, and then we can prove the borrower's exit. They're a Connect client. Mm-hmm. What's the next slide you
0: got on here? Next, we talk about... Uh, rental, rental rates. I like this one.
2: I like this one. Now explain this one to me.
0: So essentially when it comes to, um, like all properties are not only a home for people in some cases, but in others, they're opportunities to earn a fixed income in the form of rent. So even if let's just say real estate prices drop 10, 20% because interest rates go up, there's still an opportunity to own the property, to rent it out at a fixed income, if you know the demand is still there, people are still trying to rent property. Immigration is still very, very high. It's I think I was on the podcast you mentioned it was as high as it's ever been in the last few years. Yeah, and that's, that's actually an exact
2: number, high as it's ever been. <laughs> um, the the idea is is that there is demand. There's incoming demand, and these rental rates do help to set a floor. There. So this is actually what I like about this. So. Yeah, it's a year-over-year year increase of 12% for... Look at the two-bedroom, right? Two-bedroom is a one-bedroom, we can all agree, right? Like a two-bedroom is like one of those one 700 one square foot plus one... With a sliding glass door. Yeah, that's so a yeah, two-bedroom. to be a bedroom. Okay, so... And that 2,000 is actually... Like, that seems light right now in the city of mm-hmm. Toronto. So this might be This is all Canada. across Canada uh, okay, as an go. average. Yeah. So that number actually hurts for increasing interest rates because this is taken as a part of the inflationary index and it's part of what the Bank of Canada is looking at in order to slow down growth right yeah. the problem is is that this actually sets a floor on the value of a home because this rent like it's like a demand shift right people are moving out of buying homes because they're worried about the value of a home they're lining up to rent properties rents are increasing Rents are taken as a measure, as a part of a measure of inflation. Inflation readings are high. The Bank of Canada sees the inflation readings as being high, increases interest rates, reducing property values, further increasing the cost to carry a property, driving more people into rent, increasing the rental prices. At a certain point, Canadians are going to turn and say, okay, it's time to buy.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: I don't know if that's, that's you know, these rents will stabilize. They're not just going to increase year over year at 12 points forever. Um, well, that's, that's
0: the thing. There is just always the contrast between, is it more expensive to rent or is it more expensive to buy? If real estate prices drop enough and rental prices rise enough, then eventually that will shift. People will go back to buying property. And hopefully this comes with interest rate reductions because maybe unemployment started to rise. And then it all starts to balance out again. Yeah. But right now, if rental prices keep going up, that's still going to keep them. That's going to also make sure that there's enough demand and incentive for people to own real estate. That'll keep prices hopefully at a sta- stable-ish level, I'll say.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, listen, it's, it's a good indicator to show you that people still like it, people still need to live somewhere. Exactly. Mm. And whether they're going to rent it or they're going to buy it, they're setting a floor for the value the utility of that asset. Okay. So why is connect ready for this economy?
0: Yeah. And you'll see all over our website, we always want it to be clear that everyone knows we are ready for turbulent times. A lot of mix lend very aggressively, higher loan to values, maybe without thinking of how are we going to get the borrower out of this loan into lower cost capital, but that's exactly what connect does. You'll see here on the screen loan-to-value with current values. We had, uh, we, we looked at purview reports, we had our in-house appraiser, examine all properties at current values, and we still see that LTV is 55%. That's great. Yeah.
2: It's I true. mean, this is, so we tr- we've been at about 50% since inception. Yeah. Returning, you know, around 8% for almost 15 years now. Going into this period, we identified an opportunity to take risk off about a year ago. And it served us really well, not only in how well the portfolio is performing from a loan-to-value basis, but also the amount of cash that we have on hand right now. So if you take into account the amount of cash that Connect is sitting on, in addition to the portfolio at 55, and assume that that cash is at 0% loan-to-value.
0: The cash is ultimately because it is at 100% risk-free. Yeah,
2: risk-free. Mm-hmm. You're at sub-50% loan-to-value for the fund. So I get it, okay? Right now, it's scary. The stock market, although today was another massive update. I know. Yeah, the scary. stock market can drop 4% in a day. And the news reports are talking about you know, massive inflation numbers. And all we're seeing from the Bank of Canada is we've got to continue to increase interest rates. There are very few safe places to put money right now. But Connect has always been a safe place to put money. And we're not changing that for our borrowers or for our investors. We're using the same tenants, the same principles that we've always had to find low-risk borrowers to use our investor capital to help those borrowers get to lower cost capital. And we're being very selective in the opportunities that we pick. And we're looking at all of our deals through a lens of what happens if real estate prices fall another 20%.
0: It is crazy to believe that over the last six months with the way we've been lending money, it doesn't seem like anything's really changing with any of our deals. We're still asking the same questions. Mm -hmm. We're still making sure that the same principles are applied. We're still making sure that loan to value is conservative, had to be conservative before, has to be conservative now. The exit strategy still has to be credible, probable. We have to make sure that it's a good deal for our investors to feel comfortable with.
1: Yeah, like I feel like in this kind of market, with a scramble, with a bit of a scramble, it's easy to lose sight of the things that you really believe in, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Which is like you know, keeping our investors cash safe, Having Keeping a big our, lunch. Having a big <laughs> lunch. Um, uh, and, 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 and looking out for our borrower's best interest rather than just looking out for
2: returns right away. It's crazy, away, right? right? Mm-hmm. The, the thing you notice, like I, I speak to other guys that have fun, other, other guys and gals that manage different types People. of funds. Yeah, no guys and gals. yeah, okay. People, fine. Um, however they identify. Yes. So you can see frustration in those managers who maybe took on a little too much risk at the wrong time, right? Like we use this kind of quote, this Charlie Munger quote all the time. When it's sunny outside, it's easy to believe it's always gonna be sunny. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And when it's dark, it's easy to believe it's always gonna be dark. But the key is to know that we are gonna go from sunny days to dark nights And you have to be prepared for these eventualities. So you can see in certain managers right now, like we've seen other funds, mortgage funds, that we deal with. So like Connect doesn't just fund every single deal that comes in. And we've spoken about this before. Just because you call Connect and ask for a home equity loan, it doesn't mean that you're getting it from our investor capital. If the deal is deemed to be too risky, we're getting you placed with a different lender. Well, a lot of those lenders where we were placing our higher risk deals with, a lot of those lenders no longer issue mortgage approvals. Mm -hmm. They no longer allow investors to redeem capital and they no longer bring on new deals. Mm -hmm. Or renew existing clients. Or renew existing clients. They are essentially broken. We're going to see more of that happen because they're not prepared and they're not lending prudently based on equity. That's a big problem. Yeah. With Connect, you're looking, like the proof is in the pudding, right? The proof is here. Mm. We're lending based of pudding. You were excited about is that <laughs> what you said? Mm? Yeah. Listen, we're, we're lending to help the borrower with an exit, but we're also lending only to borrowers that have enough equity to weather this period of time. Mm-hmm. So if you're one of our investors right now, or if you're thinking about what you should do with your money, Connect is the spot. Like, I mean, I say that because, I mean, obviously, I'm all in on Connect. Everyone at, at at Connect is in on Connect. But I say it like if you look at the metrics of our portfolio, you can see like, really, really quickly that we're evenly distributed on loan sizes. We are extremely conservative based on position. So half of our portfolio is in first position on loans right now. That's not normal for a a mix. No, definitely not. 12% of our uh, entire portfolio is in cash. And I, I think actually in the coming weeks, more of it is going into cash. That's not saying we're not lending money. We're still lending money, but we are keeping a conservative asset mix right now. And even our second mortgages, which if you look at our portfolio, you'll see when you look very clearly at those second mortgages, they are not aggressive on loan to value and they're Those second mortgages are all. The thesis behind lending on them is all predicated upon exit and equity, just like the firsts. I would say that those seconds are just as secure as the firsts because of that.
0: Well, the thing about the seconds is, if if we're giving someone a second mortgage, that means they have a first mortgage somewhere. That means they're qualified. So, what's the one thing that went wrong that they now need a second mortgage? Well, we're going to fix that, or we're going to bridge the gap between. Maybe the purchase and the sale that you're making.
2: Yeah, you know what's so great is that, like, I like having Nick on the show because, I, like, I look at the two of you and I, I think about the different roles that you kind of serve within the company, right? So, like, you know, Justin is has got a very tough job of making sure that he is pleasing everybody that phones us, right? Everybody that phones, Justin and the sales team. Have to be ready on the phone to be able to give an honest assessment of what the next steps for that borrower uh-huh. are. And Nick's job, conversely, is to make sure that the money is safe, right? That's Nick and my job. Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure that money doesn't go out the door into a loan that we can't get the money back in the door from, mm-hmm. right? And I love it because. Nick sometimes will look at me after like a Monday morning meeting and he'll be like, we're not really going to fund that deal, right? And I'll say, no, we're not funding that deal. But we'll have, you know, salespeople will come in and they'll make a pitch for why a deal should get funded. And like, you know, I've been in your shoes. I am in your shoes because I kind of wear both hats, although obviously less frequently the sales Mm -hmm. hat, Mm -hmm. very difficult job. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, you get people on the phone and you... You wouldn't be doing the job that you're doing if you didn't care about people. Right. And when they call you and they're in a tough situation and they give you the plan that they think will work to get them out of that tough situation, you want to believe them. Like you want to be on their team. Yeah. But you also need somebody else to consider where that plan may fall apart. Right. And have that dialogue between two parts of our organization to make a decision, because at the end of the day, Connect was the entire genesis behind it, is to connect investors with borrowers. We are equally responsible to both of those parties. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that we give the borrowers a fair shake and that we're doing what we commit to doing to the borrowers. And just to be clear, our job, if you're calling us, is to lend you an amount of money and then help you pay that money back with cheaper money. To leave you better off than you were than you came to us. And if you're an investor, our job is to make sure that you get your return that we've committed to you. But primarily, it's to make sure that you don't lose a dollar of that principle. Right? The fund was established for my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. If I lose a dollar of my mother's money, oh no. Yeah, it's a big problem.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They Let were the alone first people like you had to sell in the MIC, right? Sorry, they were the first people you had to sell in the mic Yeah,
2: so like, okay, so my mom and dad had a whole bunch of money in RSPs. Not a lot of money, like they're not you know wealthy people, but they had money in their RSPs. And I had an office at Dundas and Runnymede, and the business was called Mortgage Marcus, and I was doing mortgages. And I saw so many opportunities to lend money, and I was like, okay, I got to convince my mom and dad to put money in and we can let it out, I can make them all kinds of money. So I went to my mom and I was like, mommy, we're gonna get a new mortgage on your house because their house was free and clear. And uh, my mom was like, no, no way. Like I don't want a mortgage <laughs> on my house. My dad, who's always been like, not just that both of my parents are very supportive, but my dad has been um, less risk averse than my mom, let's say. Like he's had his own businesses, you know, he understands the business world really well. He's willing to take calculated risk and he's got my back, right? Like, he's like, well, support Marcus. It's good for his business. He was like, do whatever you want, buddy. And my mom freaked out. She, she was like, she, it was like a week of us beginning this process of refinancing the house to pull out half a million dollars to lend out into mortgages, which would have done so well, by the way, like, so well. And my mom finally was like, you know what? I just can't do it. It's too risky. Uh, and e- even if it's not risky, I see it as risky in my brain and I won't be able to sleep at night. Mm. So I was like, okay, so how do I get my parents, how do I increase my parents' wealth? Well, my mom said, we have RRSPs and I have them in GICs. My mom has had a lot of money in RRSPs in GICs earning less than 1%. I was like, okay, how do I get the RRSP money? Well, my friend Nurhan who's a lawyer, was like, well, you should create a MIC. So I created a MIC, brought their money into the MIC. The legal fees and the accounting costs of running the MIC ended up being far more than what we had anticipated them to be. So I had to bring in other people into the MIC. As much as everybody thinks I'm a great salesman, I'm not that great at selling investors. Um, but it, you know, I, we did it with our existing client base, our borrowers, our wealthy borrowers. I sat around a lot of kitchen tables. I mean, if you're watching this and you're an investor, I've probably been in your house at a kitchen table. If I haven't been in your house, you've definitely been to my house. And we've talked about the MIC and we've talked about why the MIC works. Those things are still working today. And the fact that I've met all of our investors, the fact that I have a personal relationship with a lot of them helps manage this money and helps remind you constantly of what the purpose of what we're doing is for those investors, just like my mom and dad. I know that that money is not losable money. Like My parents aren't people that can put a million dollars into something and see it go up and down on a daily basis, like the stock market goes up and down. Mm-hmm. My mom wouldn't be able to handle it. My mom needs a safe, consistent rate of return, and she needs somebody managing her money who's not taking risk, and that's what we're doing. So. There's so many things like as I'm talking that I'm like, oh man, the OSC is gonna have a field day with some of these things. So the, the risk of our portfolio, the reason why I can say that our portfolio isn't risky is because the loan to value of our portfolio is not undue risk, right? The loan to value of our portfolio, when you're lending 50 cents against a dollar, even if the dollar becomes worth 20%, 20%, 20 cents less, 30 cents less, A portfolio like Connects will not be hurt. And the other thing I want investors to keep in mind is that if we do see such a dramatic decrease in housing prices, even from now, so like right now we're talking about a loan to value that's at 50% with a recent 10 to 15% drop in, in real estate values, I think we're going to see more of a drop in real estate prices. But I also want to tell you that that further drop in real estate prices, is going to drop all of the other things that you've invested in. Exactly. Like it, it, your money's in the stock market, housing prices drop by 15%, stock market's not gonna have a, high, a, a great time. Your other investments are gonna get hurt. In Connect, you're still gonna get your rate of return, your principal's still going to be there. This is the, this is the thing that I wanna make sure that our investors understand. We are the safe harbor in an environment we talk about this all the time nick like the the purpose of connect is to protect capital and preserve capital just because the market changes it doesn't mean that we have changed the way we're protecting your capital and you have to trust that we have been looking at what is happening in the marketplace you have to believe that we are on top of things like we've done this before you know we had a covid crisis that came in at one point that we thought was going to really affect lending. And it did temporarily, but we saw so much liquidity get pushed into the marketplace. When that happened, we identified that there was another concern coming. And inflation is a concern and it's far greater of a threat once you begin to address it with these higher interest rates. So if I was going to sit here right now and tell you like, You know, we've seen the worst of the increase in or the decrease in property values. I'm not doing my job properly. Real estate values are going to drop further, but they're going to drop and then they're going to come right back up. Because as soon as interest rates get reset to a normalized level, it'll be a signal to the market and there is so much pent up demand. The same way we talk about day and night, or the same way we talk about a pendulum swinging it always swings too far one way and too far the other way. So if you were in the marketplace six months ago and you were like, oh my God, I need to buy a place. I'm lined up to buy a place. And you heard our podcast saying, don't buy something right now. Amazing. And I'm not saying that today's the best day to buy it. I'm saying if your time horizon is long enough and you were really considering buying something when when houses were 15% cheaper than they are right now, now's not a bad time to buy something. You may find a better time in the next three to six months, you also may not find a better time. You also have to understand that I always think extremely conservatively. So I am so fearful of, of protecting that capital that we've got within Connect that I'm all, my job is to be more risk averse than you. My job is to protect the fund. So I won't take an undue risk at a time when I think that real estate prices may drop further. And even if the probability of a drop is lower than it is today, I'm still not going to chase a return in order to get money out the door. And I think we've proven that over the last almost 15 years. We are not motivated by increasing the amount of money that we make in order for us to profit and to put the capital that we manage at risk. That'll never happen. That is just not in what Connect does. Connect isn't really the vehicle within our, the like Connect as a fund, isn't really the vehicle within our group of companies that is immensely profitable. It isn't. It's a fund that we use to create borrowers for our brokerage. And we can do that by sending those borrowers to other lenders, or we can do that by funding them ourselves.
0: All right. And now this slide here reminds me of just how Connect as a fund is constantly funding new deals and receiving money from past deals. So people would think that oh the real estate market peaked in you know February March of 2022 so now the loan to value of your fund must have drastically dropped because of that. But no the the peak you'll see in this chart here is the anything in gray between February 2022 and May 2022 and that's only 9% of our fund. We've had a lot funded before that while prices were still going up. We've had a lot funded after that, while prices had already taken quite a big hit. And we have a lot of cash on hand, ready to go into new deals at depreciated levels. Yeah. So I like that slide.
2: Yeah, And also, within this slide, you got to understand that just that capital that's getting deployed, even in that period of time, like that February 2022 to May of 2022, we were extremely conservative in that period of time. Like, that was a period where we were, like, kind of bracing for impact. Mm-hmm. So listen the the other thing I want to say about the fund is like all the mortgages in it perform like we have not lost a dollar of capital on any loan in our portfolio. Yeah, that's yeah yeah
0: you got 9 years Good nine solid and a half loan. years yeah almost 10 10 in march And then this is just a reminder uh, similar to the previous slide how the payouts that we get they're consistent Month to month, well, the trend is consistent. But you'll see in some months we get a lot paid out, some we don't. But in the August, September, October, we're still getting the same payouts we've gotten in the previous 10 months. So right. we don't, we're do not we not concerned about, oh, the last few months we're not getting our money back, something's going wrong, the markets are, or like the economy's worsening.
2: Yeah, I would say actually, if you look at it, from July to October, we were paid out more in mortgages than we were up until probably the f- the first eight months of the year like of this of this chart,
0: yeah, and like the encouraging thing, the trend is still positive, mm-hmm. just like you know our assets under management trend is positive, so that means the payout should technically be positive mm-hmm. as well, and so far nothing's changed yeah
2: no and I-, I think that is more a testament to our underwriting staff, so maybe we mm-hmm. should. Bring an underwriter on next. But really, when you think about it, the thesis behind lending money from the MIC is hey, I got this client. They've got a house. They think it's worth 1.5. Our internal underwriter says it's worth 1.1. Appraiser. Our internal appraiser says it's worth 1.1. We've sent it to underwriting. Underwriting believe that we can exit the borrower into this loan based on this criteria for this borrower. The likelihood of these criteria, employment, credit, you know, property value of changing dramatically in the next six months is low. There's enough equity in it. Let's give them the money. Let's give them a shot. Let's refinance them out in six months. That's how we lend money. Mm -hmm. We do not lend money just based on, hey, like Justin called me today. He's like, I got a deal. Uh, the appraised value came in at 1.4. Internal appraisal came in at 9.50. So our appraiser came in at 9.50, who is very conservative. Mm-hmm. If you're a borrower, that is the truth. It is more difficult to get your loan approved from Connect, our fund, than any other fund. And it's because of the underwriting on the value. We're very difficult on values. If you're an investor, you're sitting at home like, yay, they are good on values. And you can see that the way it, it shines through as 55% loan to value. Mm -hmm. because we can sell loans that are higher on the loan-to-value scale. It's not great for the borrower because it's more expensive. Connect is obviously a cheaper place for money for a borrower, but it's also much more risk-averse. Remember, my mom and dad. Anyways, so the beauty of what we've done is we've got a really conservative approach to the value, and then we've got great underwriters who all day long are processing transactions that are being funded by A lenders, right? We know how to exit borrowers because we're really good at underwriting A, B business. Mm -hmm. And we've got great relationships with banks and trust companies where, I mean, how funny is that? I just thought of that. Great relationships with trust companies, community trust, (laughs) gives you uh, like gift cards all the time to buy things and you just buy food all the time. I bought food for the office. today. How how many times do you buy food with the community? Like that's all we uh, bought. Yeah, food. What are we else we gonna buy? Yeah, I know. A lot of Monday. I think we went to the ham. Yeah, yeah. We
1: went to the ham. The ham, uh, King Street and Peter. If you're in located in Toronto, great place. Sushi tacos.
2: Um, We're gonna do breakfast (laughs) on Monday too. Are you gonna? You're gonna come dressed up. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, great.
2: It's just I just find it amusing. We say we have like we have great relationships with lenders. We do. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of transactions with lenders. I know it's crazy to believe this, like, ragtag bunch of like sales, underwriting, investor relations. It all happens. It all happens in, you know, three different offices around the city of Toronto. And it's a great team of people working together. Someone say the A team. Yeah, the E team. (laughs) The E team, yeah. Yeah. No, listen. So by having these relationships, these great relationships with lenders, who give Justin gift cards so he can buy food, which they know is the way to ingratiate themselves with him, it also helps us when it's time to exit our loans because they know that we've done due diligence in advance. When Connect lent money to somebody, the takeout or the exit, the lender understands that we, in funding those deals, have held that borrower to a high standard They know that we've done our due diligence on the value of that property, on the borrower's ability to repay that loan. And they know that we're in that deal in order to better the position of the borrower. They also know the borrower is in it to win it. They know that the borrower isn't just some borrower that's like, just give me the debt. Just give me the debt. Don't ask Mm. me where it's going. You know, in a lot of instances, we won't even release the capital, the loan directly to the borrower, right? We're using it to pay down credit. We're using it to pay for renovations. Whatever the, the fix is, we want to be heavily involved in it. Costs us a little bit more in time and effort, and, you know, legals from time to time, but does a further job to protect our investor capital, which is why we're sitting here. We're, we're, we're here to explain to you whether you're an existing investor or you're thinking about investing in the MIC, that it is a great time that you know re- our returns are higher. Um, than they have been in the past. That's more a factor of just rates are increasing, but we are not taking on additional risk in times like this or in any time, frankly. And we weren't chasing values when we saw them increase by 40%. And we aren't chasing values now. We're equity. We require equity to qualify and we require an exit to fund. So you got to think about it. hmm yep. And you were mentioning like it's it's if you
1: get a loan from Connect, it is inherently a little bit tougher than getting a loan elsewhere. But if you get a loan from Connect, you know that you're being taken care of. Like, you yeah. know that uh, like it should be a it's a good to, it's a great thing because you know that that you're going to come out on the other side better for it.
2: Yeah. You're, it's like uh, the way I t- like when I speak to borrowers about it, it's like you've got a consultant. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like y- it's kind of like. You've got a consultant that we we have our skin in the game with you. We wanna see you succeed. First of all, we've identified you as someone that we can migrate to lower cost capital. So the moment you borrow money from us, it's like, okay, we believe in you. We're gonna bet on you now. And together, on a, you know, sometimes it's weekly calls. Usually it's like every two or three weeks. Sometimes it's less often, depending on the situation the borrower's in but we are in conversation with those borrowers to make sure that we're exiting them into lower cost capital. Mm-hmm. And 100%, it's it's more difficult now than it was. But we're not doing this cuz it's easy. It, mm-hmm. It's not it's I would say it's more difficult to do our job from an underwriting and an exit pro- prospect and from a selling our borrower prospect when values are skyrocketing higher all the time. Right? We sit on more cash then because we're too nervous about housing prices. Mm-hmm. Now, we know the next 6, 12 months. We know what's going to happen. We know property values are going to decrease. We know how to defensively position a portfolio for that. In fact, now is the time that we can brag a little bit about what we've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now 100%. is the time where you as an investor, I can't tell you like how many people I've spoken to where I'm like, you should really invest in our fund. Well i and the, the response is like, well, I already invest in mortgages, oh really? yeah, I do it through my cousin or my realtor or my lawyer or this guy I met at Wendy's, not Wendy's, obviously, I just said that to see if you cut like Wendy's <laughs> like at Dave's
1: double <laughs> once in a while
2: <laughs> anyways, but like they've 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 found these advisors who are sourcing mortgages for them, and they're paying them the entirety of the yield or a chunk of the yield on these loans and they're sharing fees with these investors but there's no regard for the risk of the underlying loan. Mm -hmm. They're just in it to make a commission and to move on to the next one. I was in London recently which I just flew back from and I met a guy who had a portfolio of Canadian mortgages that he had amassed himself through these advisors. It was his name on all the charges, or his company name. Wealthy, wealthy guy, super intelligent, has made a lot of money in a lot of different types of businesses, and thought that this was no different, and that the property values were that he was being provided were on appraisal reports, and therefore dependable. And he's put together this portfolio of millions of dollars of Canadian residential mortgages. He is willing to sell that portfolio now at 50% of what he's lent out. Wow. Because they were rural, because the appraisals were garbage, because nobody vetted the exit strategy for those borrowers, because they are all starting to default and they are not paying and he has no process by which to deal with the defaults. And he is a smart guy and as he's realized this is no longer the business that he needs to be in and he needs to figure out a way out. So, I took the portfolio of loans and I had to look at it against our software, and the loans were garbage. Mm-hmm. And frankly, a lot of the time in a situation like that, you don't want to introduce, I mean, I hate to say it's toxic, but that level of toxicity into our organization. Like, can you imagine if I turned around and I said to you and, you know, Senyun and Tawhida, okay, guys, we just took on this portfolio. You know, it's uh we're we're gonna buy it for two and a half million, it's a five million dollar portfolio. And our job now is to manage all of the defaults. You know, the worst part about this is defaults. Mm-hmm. You don't ever want to deal with a default. Yeah. It's just not our thing.
0: If you don't have an exit strategy, then what's to say default is you that's know, the exit that's the exit yeah. i was talking Shouldn't to a. The exit uh, sorry sorry nick oh, no go ahead i'm sorry
1: i was talking to a guy this will be good nick. i was i was talking to a guy yesterday uh he works for a mick uh I can, can't I an I irish guy or no 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 he, he works for an irish guy <laughs> no no he works for <laughs> he was he's he's a guy mm-hmm. i think he's spanish uh he works for a mick I can't say the name, but it ends with, it starts with, huh, and ends with Osper. <laughs> um, and, and he was the guy. I was dealing with him because hot this lender had given this, uh, oh man, I don't know if we should edit that out, but had given this person three more, three mortgages, a second, a third and a fourth. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got an appraisal on the property. It's like almost over 80%. And I was speaking to this person to say like, Hey, like you know, uh, uh, how are we going to fix this for the client? Like I'm here, I want to help, you know, what can we do? And I just said, like, I was, I, I kicked my feet back. I leaned the chair back a little bit. And I was like, your job must be terrible. And he was like, this is all I do is call people and tell them that they're in default all day, eight hours a day. That's all I do. You know, that that's my job.
2: So they have full time people that that we
1: don't have anybody in that role. But what I'm saying is like there's these other places have these, you know,
2: it's terrible. It's terrible. It's just such a bad way to lend money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're not partnering with their borrower. Right. Yeah. And they they were motivated by greed when property they didn't care what property values. are. Mm -hmm. Somebody else's money. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Just not the way we operate. No. So it's it's so important that if you're considering investing in a mortgage investment fund right now, this is when you know who is doing something proactively, that is actively managing your money. Now is when you figure it out. You don't figure it out when some guy's like, hey, you want to make 12% on a mortgage? It's 100 grand, it's outside of Barry, and the guy's on disability, right? Like that's not a mortgage, Mm -hmm. it's not a loan yeah right I don't care what the loan to value is you're never getting out of it. Mm-hmm. you're going to bleed the equity out of the guy. It's not a deal mm-hmm. so now is the time where you can really tell who's been actively managing a portfolio and um I just wish that we could like get the message out there that not all mix are created equally. Mm-hmm. not all funds are the same mm-hmm. yeah and you know when there was a time when people were like oh i don't want to invest in connect because you only return 8% and i can get 11 from you know insert flavor of the day mortgage advisor name here but at that time when money was migrating into these higher risk funds they weren't being perceived as higher risk they were a mortgage investment fund and we are a mortgage investment fund and so you must do the exact same thing and as a result your interest rate is eight and theirs is 11. I'm going to go to 11. But right now, your money's sitting there earning you 11 or is your money just sitting there and you can't get it anymore? Mm -hmm. Right? So I hate that we, in a time like this, when, I mean, listen, there are still some very intelligent investors that are coming on board into the Mick. Like we've had inflows of capital in the last couple of weeks, which is really great. I'd love to see that without any of our, like we don't advertise or anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is just, People that are in our fund are referring other people that they know to invest in our fund. Which I will say, investors, thank you very much for the support. Our existing investor group is the best. Um, some of them, a lot of them, have been there like right from the beginning. Um, and without you, well, like connect as an organization, would be nothing. So thank you. Um, and the reason why we do what we do, the reason why we work so hard and we, we are so diligent in how we select these mortgages is because of you. So thank you. Um, and if you are considering investing in a fund, ask the tough questions. Ask the questions that-
0: We're here to answer them.
2: Yeah, and ask the questions that you see, that you saw presented for you today. What's mm-hmm. the loan to value of your fund? When did you last stress test your fund for the loan to value? Do you have an appraiser that works for your fund that constantly looks at the value every couple of weeks that assesses the value of every property in your portfolio, uh-uh. nobody does that. We do that. Mm-hmm. Is that appraiser also heavily invested in the mortgage fund like ours is? No, I doubt it. Right. Listen, this is a, I think great companies and great setups, you can only really identify them in difficult times. For And sure. um, I think that's what you're going to see from connect. And I, 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 I hope that if you are invested somewhere else, that your money is safe. And if you want to have a conversation with Nick or myself uh, or anyone else here on the team about investing in Connect, reach out because it's a great time. And our, our, inv- our returns are increasing. They're not you know, increasing to 12% anytime soon, but our risk is decreasing.
0: Right. Yeah. And you know what, let's, uh, let's go to the next slide, and we can take a look at the Kinect's return over the last nine and a you half years. You love year. this slide. Eh? I do love this slide. But if you take a look at this slide here, you see the consistency of the return that Kinect's been able to provide. Almost 10 years now. Take a look at it against the market indices. The market has great days. Market has terrible days. And over the long run, Kinect's return is one that allows you to sleep at night. During good times and bad, you will see that we just have the same operating process and it allows us to just be consistent.
2: Great. Nick, thanks for coming in. What's yeah. a DGIA before we leave? <laughs> <A> what? <laughs> the oh, the a Dow Dijia. Jones
0: Industrial oh. Average. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's a like Dow the Jones. The big or, stock market. Yeah. I like the, the, the DGIA, though. Yeah, like you're a DGIA fan? Well, I'll, they should call it that from now on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, forget the Dow. Yeah. Like the, Gia. the The Gia. Yeah. The d- 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think
2: that's what, what Justin's referring to is the name that the more experienced traders refer to it as. Thank you. The d- right. Gia. Thank you. The ones who
1: own things like Affirm, Affirm. a firm or trade desk. Yeah. Yeah. Buy them at the top. Yeah, right <laughs> at the
2: top. <laughs> Buy solo. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, if you enjoyed today's podcast, and you are hungry for more information about the mortgages and the investment opportunities available to Canadians, please don't hesitate to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit like on this video because it will help us distribute this information to more people. And again, like I said last time, (laughs) if you think this was nonsense and that you just wasted 30 minutes of your time, subscribe and hit like so you can ensure that other people are wasting their time. We thank you very much, and we hope that you have a wonderful day.